Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Masters of the Matrix. I'm Greg M. In this special episode, I am interviewing Dr. Vic Manzo, a published author, a self-mastery coach, podcaster, and a former pediatric chiropractor. A very special guest indeed. Without further ado, here we go. Okay, we have an exciting episode today. I would like to welcome Dr. Vic Manzo. Um, He is a business mindset coach, a self-mastery expert. He's a podcaster as well. He's a published author, and his books include Decoding the Matrix, Rediscover Your Greatness, and A Walk in the Dark. Um, And his podcast is called The Mindful Experiment, so go check that out. And finally, he's a pediatric chiropractor, certainly a talented gentleman. Welcome, Dr. Vic. Thank you for being on the show. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, you know, like what right away, what kind of connected me with you was, was your book, Decoding the Matrix. And as you know, my podcast is called Masters of the Matrix. What made you decide to call the book that and what's it about? Yeah, Decoding the Matrix just came to me back in end of November last year. Um, and it was one of those things where in my when I was a chiropractor, I was not only just when I was when I was, when I was in school becoming a chiropractor, um, I also took on outside of chiro- chiropractic school studying like energy medicine, different different techniques and modalities, uh, the philosophy and the principles of all those kind of things when it comes to energy and healing and spiritual truths and all that. And you always heard like, oh, we got to escape the matrix and the, you know, the matrix, this and that. And I was always just like, OK, I'll come back to that when the time's right. And then all of a sudden it just, it just came to me. Literally. It was just like, I, I, I use something called the word codes as beliefs. So it's, you can call it beliefs. I just call it codes. And I was like, you know, decoding the matrix. I'm like, you know what? That just feels really good. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go with that. And then I literally, I just reached out to my guy who does my covers. And I said, Hey, can you, uh, here's what I got an idea. What do you think? Can you throw something back at me in a couple of weeks? He did. I looked and I go, yep. I knew this would be it. We're on, we're on the right path. Um, and that's kind of what we went down. And, and decoding the matrix really is just understanding, you know, what really is the matrix uh, in the essence of from a vibrational standpoint. And so it's human collective consciousness is what is another term for it. And it's just for those who may not know, that's just all the thoughts, emotions and the things that humans focus on all at a given time, averaging that all out. And that creates a, uh, is David, Dr. David Hawkins work. He'll call that a consciousness level. Um, I just call it a vibration and frequency. Um, I'm not saying those two are interchangeable. I don't think he meant it in that realm, but that's just what made sense to me reading his work. And it was one of those things where the the thing about the matrix is, is that if we're not trying to break out of this and start to, and what I mean by break out is just raise your vibe above it. Then the matrix will hold you into the vibe of what it is. And they'll give you those experiences, those situations and those circumstances. And I call that mental prison or modern slavery, in other words, because if you don't know this, you, you are, going to be just experiencing things that most of the world goes through and whatever the world is is saying that it is like we went through a pandemic and um, you know, a lot of businesses and there was an economical shortcomings and all these other things that were going on, you know, and, but there's some people who, you know, look at the billionaires, they had what a 60, 55, 56 or 65% growth. I think it was, no, it was 50%, 56% growth in uh, almost a two year period during this pandemic, they had a growth in their wealth. 
You know, so there's something to that where other people are not having that experience, but here are these then they are having that experience. There's got to be something to that mix. So it's almost like you're kind of stating a bit like people are reacting to their environment. They're reacting to the matrix instead of realizing that they're part of that co-creation method. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, because, well, yeah, I guess so you could say reacting. I would look at it more as like it's just it, 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 it is a reaction, though, if you look at it from a vibration standpoint, because here's the vibe, here's where it's pulling them towards, and then they're going to create the behaviors and so forth that follow that. Um, and then I'm just showing a way of that. How can you turn turn you know what what is that conditioning process from a neurological standpoint and so forth and then how can we break out of that so we can start to choose our lives in the vibe in the experience in the things that we want and not be affected by outside influences especially the matrix brilliant so i i want to just ask a couple questions about you like how quickly did you go from sort of you know being in school to sort of on this awakening journey that now that you've have all this knowledge and you realize things are in frequency and vibration, how, what was that span of time like for you? And what did you go through? Yeah, it started, my whole journey started at 19 years old when I started challenging religions. Uh, I was born, Rome, I'm born, I was raised Roman Italian Catholic. And there was just certain things, certain questions, certain ideologies, certain stuff that I, you know, it wasn't like I was going against the religion, just some of it didn't make sense. Like from a, if I took it from a logical standpoint of what the information I was being told, it didn't add up. And I just had questions. I, I just want to know deeper of that. I was seeking for truth in any way I could. And after and 19, it all started because I moved away from my environment. I went to Arizona State for college a little bit. And in that moment, I didn't have people holding me back or someone telling me this or this and that. I could have go explore a little bit. And that's where my journey started. And then it wasn't until my, I was 20 where I started studying uh, Buddhism and, and I started studying uh, Hinduism. And just under, and it was interesting because I saw stories, in, like especially in Hindu scripture. If you go look at Hindu scripture, the parables that they share there are very similar to the ones in the Bible. They're very similar. Not saying they're identical, but they're very similar. Same kind of concepts and story, whatnot. Even the ones that uh, Jesus talked about were very similar in Hindu scripture. And I was just like, interesting. Why is that? So it took me on this journey, but the whole awakening, um, that that was that was just from a religious context saying there's other truths out there and there's other ways to your the other other paths to achieving spiritual levels of enlightenment or whatever that may be. But I didn't really get into the terms of vibration, frequency, and all that until it was chiropractic school. That was really when I like I said, going into energy medicine and, and studying all the different modalities, understanding quantum physics, going into spirituality, the soul, uh, the essence of the soul. What is soul life? What are, what are we as the essence of a soul? What's God? Um, looking at that, start asking those questions. That's where I'm the type of person, if I, if I can't, it, you know, you can't just tell me, well, this is how it is. I'll look and go, that's great, but I want to know more. Like, what's the deeper essence of it? Like chiropractic, why did I go into energy medicine? Well, I, I came from a philosophical background with chiropractic. Um, chiropractic is made out of three branches. It's the philosophy, the science, and the art. And the, I had a chiropractor who really in, instilled in me philosophy of chiropractic, which actually is related to universal laws. It's actually connected to um, the way kind of universal forces work, uh, more universal than chiropractic, really, to be honest. And um, But that that intrigued me. But then when I got to school, it was all like going to a medical school. Uh, you're learning just like medical doctors do. And I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. And um, but thankfully, I had some outlets to where I was able to I wanted to go deeper into how the healing worked. Like someone says, oh, an adjustment does this and this is this and here's the philosophy. And I was like, that's great. 
I, I want to go deeper. I want to know the tone. I want to know the energetic perspective of it. Um, the guy who created chiropractic, D.D. Palmer, he was a magnetic healer before. And he was very, very into the metaphysical world. And so I was like, where, I want to learn what he was learning. As I learned, learned about him and so forth, I was like, I need to learn this stuff because I'm not learning it here in school. And that's what got me into the energy realms of things. And that's what started my really accelerated my spiritual awakening in many different ways. So how did that change? I mean, I find that so interesting. And I love that you have your self-researched and, and not just looking in the North American side of culture and, and religion, but going worldwide. And I love that. Like Mesopotamia had the very similar stories about the Jesus story. Not saying that he wasn't real. I do believe that he was a real man. Um, but there's just a lot of similarities and a lot of similar stories. And I find that fascinating. So how did your your uh, your business change? Like, you know, you sound like you were interested in healing people and you went to another level, bringing energy into it and vibration into it. So what did that look like for your for your clients? Were you still a chiropractor or did you become more of, of a sort of a different healer? So that's a great question. I love that question. And um, yeah, I wanted to help heal. I was always, I've always was interested in helping people in some way, shape or form, um, especially after my journey at 19 years old of having health issues and then going to a chiropractor, solve that and so much more. Um, it was really that level of where it was. But here's the interesting thing. In chiropractic, we learned that and when I was in school, that intentions, everything. That's what I kept saying. Every, I kept hearing it all the time. Attention's everything. Attention's everything. But I was trying to figure out why I think I tried to figure this all out when I was in school and not afterwards. I was like, how can I incorporate this energy stuff? Because I, if I have to do energy work, that's going to be like 30 minutes, an hour. I don't know if I want to spend that much that long if I have to do that. There's got to be other ways I can do things more efficiently and still have that energy effect in some way, shape or form. And that, take, that took me full circle back to intention. And then I was like, wow, so if I just set the intention. If I can get really clear on my intention on what I'm really trying to do here for the individual, and if I can get really connected to that, then it's really not going to be anything I do. It's just going to be the intention that's going to really, really create the experience. And that's kind of how I incorporated the energy side to it. Um, I was still able to do normal standard chiropractic. It looks like it's the same like a much other chiropractors who practice the technique that I use. Um, but the only difference is I have an intention base behind it. And with the intention, it would cause... And, it, and this is interesting, too, because I've tested this out. Well, I didn't do it on purpose. Like sometimes I just notice patients will be having not getting as well or things are lingering or things are coming back. And after a while, I'll be like, am, am I, how, how off focused am I? It might be really centered on my intention. Have I, have I been like just going through the grind here a little bit? And I would catch myself in those moments and be like, ooh, you know what? I am going through it. I haven't been as centered. Let me take a step back. Let me slow down a little bit. And then all of a sudden, things will just get back to where they were. People are getting better, faster. People are walking out smiling more. They're more, you know, loving to be in the office. They're making their appointment. Like the whole business will get better. And I'm always like, eh, interesting. I just got to keep my energy and focus there rather than the the doing side of it and from that perspective. So that's kind of how it really influenced the, the business and how it helped with healing um, um, and, and many other elements in that process by just setting that intention was one of the things that has been a game changer. And I tried to even teach students that later in my career where I tell them like, it doesn't matter what technique you use. It doesn't even matter what adjustment. It doesn't even matter if you, you set up on the wrong side to make an adjustment. I know that sounds weird because like, oh, you can, if you make a subluxation or a misalignment in that spine worse, let's say it's, it's going one way and you're adjusting into it to make it worse, it should get worse. And I said, yeah, but there's people who do have done that. I've seen it and they actually got the patient better. And I'm like, 
And the only thing I know about that individual is they have an extremely good heart. They're very passionate and they love what they do and they want to help people. And they're coming from that pure state. And I said, that's the only thing that would make sense to me, uh, because if I look at it from a logical perspective, that shouldn't have happened. But from the other side of the uh, metaphysical or from a, a, however you want to look at it, um, coming from an energy place, the intention of the work they were doing allowed that is what overseeded to allow the person to get to um, have a, a positive effect from it. That's amazing. I mean, um, you know, when you say the word intention, it, it sounds like one of those words that is not very important. Like, oh, I, I have an intention to cut my grass or I have an intention to have, have dinner. But think of it like how easy is it to get lost in sort of your own mind? And then your mind takes you on a journey to some future event, to some past event. And so this is what I talk about with my listeners about is, is trying to be present so that you, are, you can be aware of your thoughts and then you can have that intention. Like, I really love that because not only in business, not only in uh, your know, personal or manifestation, like your intention is everything. If, you, if you're not really thinking about it, then you're kind of going off old programming, which is something I want to talk to you about because it sounds like you have some experience with breaking out of the code, as you call it, right? So getting into that, you know, I know that there's another famous chiropractor, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I read a few of his books, very, very amazing man. Um, and I love these type of people and you have that energy about you that you're about, you know, bringing that holistic sort of approach to healing. It's not just the physical, it's not just the mind, it's not just the emotions. It's, it's the whole, it's the whole package. And that's, and I consider myself a healer as well. And I look at that and, you know, I consider myself an energy healer. I work with psychogeometry, I work with sound, but we all sort of have similar yet different skills that behind it all is through that intention, isn't it? To kind of really reach that person at a soul to soul level. Like, like I see you, I, I really want to help you. I really want to heal you. And that sort of speaks to the other person's energy field. Or... No, it does 100%. I mean, it, 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 it you know, attention is just, like you said, it's everything. It's, it sets the, 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 the tone of, of the whole thing, it literally like sets up the game and says, here's what the most highest possibility is going to be like a higher, closer chance of having this aspect of it. Like one of the intentions I had in my office, just seeing the individual and the truth of who they are, not as someone who's in pain or their condition or whatever that be. It's just seeing in the highest element of who they are. And the thing that I was going to do in that moment was just going to slightly move them closer. I mean, it could go farther, but the goal was just to slightly move them closer to being more realizing that that true potential and unleashing that true potential. Um, because in chiropractic, our philosophy is very, you know, when you look at like Didi Palmer talked about it and the chiropractic adjustment connects the God with man. I mean, you don't, you don't hear about this in mainstream. This is what chiropractic talked about. And the reason why that is is because, I mean, we, we live our life through the nervous system. And nervous system is where energy flows. And if you have a subluxation, which is kind of like a miscommunication between the brain and body, um, there's going to be an energy loss there or inertia that's going to happen. And anything that's stagnant is never good. The energy always needs to keep moving. So it's, you don't want it to slow down. And so when an chiropractic adjustment's really made, we're actually increasing that flow of energy throughout the whole entire body and raise the, the conscious or the vibration or whatever. So, and then there's actually now neuroscience that kind of, when we talk about different centers of the brain and um, our higher functioning centers versus our lower functioning centers, our survival, like our reptilian part of our brain, you know, it's, it's, it's been shown now neurologically that when we make adjustments, we're actually attaining, connecting the, the, the body and the brain to fire, 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 
at more commonly in those higher functioning centers of the brain, which can then bring you more in the present moment, which can then connect you now to more of your true self, which can't. And I can go down a whole rabbit hole with that. Um, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I just felt like I had to go that route. <laughs> no, that and, and that's the way to do it. You got to go with your heart, right? And that's the kind of what this whole podcast is about, is about reaching the heart and how do we find that heart and how do we like actually allow that heart to speak and guide us into who we really are? Because I was going to ask you, you know, with this pandemic in the past couple of years, it's put an incredible amount of pressure on people's mental and emotional states where it's just been, you know, absolutely brutal. And so, you know, I aim to like provide tools to my listeners and to my clients as to what are some ways um, that we can get out of this? How do we snap out of what we're being told? Like, you know, like, for example, what did you do during the pandemic? How did you escape the noise? You know, for me, well, I'm, I'm, I was at the time I was living in Chicago. Um, so there was a lot of noise there. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of everything. We were one of the, one of the uh, couple States that uh, were the hardest when it came to their guidelines and what they pushed. But um, I started warning my patients end of February, not to buy into the fear. And I always believe education is power, but, and, and try to get into their minds and just give them information that um, I told them, you know, any, like anytime there's, if you talk to me 20, 15, 20 years ago, if this came out 15, 20 years ago, I didn't have the level of knowledge or experience that I am at now. Um, I would have been scared. I would have been worried. I would have been probably somebody who was easily controlled. Um, but where I'm at in my life now, what I know now about health and what I know about the universal laws is law of duality. Polarity says, and if there's one thing, there's another. And if, if you have a problem at the same time, that problem can only exist if the solution's there also. And so I always, you know, when it came to the pandemic, I started to educate patients. Like, first of all, don't get into the fear. Here's things you can do. Let's, let's reset your nervous system. Every time you have these deep, I was like, anytime you have these feelings, let's make sure we reset. So that way we can uh, um, keep you centered as much as possible because fear is going to feed this. And I, I told them, I was like, if you, if we feed into the fear, this is going to work. This is going to be worse than what we want it to be. Because again, coming from my book, Decoding the Matrix, we can, we, the people actually have the power. And, you know, and, and even though we were getting influenced from, you know, powers of be from to the matrix to the people. Uh, but if we could have changed the energy of the people, it would have changed everything. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, but what I did was just educate, educate, educate. Uh, and for me, it wasn't something that, you know, as chiropractors, we have a whole philosophy that, you know, medicine is all about, you know, trying to change, uh, force the change of the environment onto the person. Um, chiropractic is, Let's change. Let's help help the individual adapt better to their environment. And so we look at metrics of how we can help them be more resilient. So, hey, there's a pandemic. There's a virus. OK, great. What do I do? Well, let me do things that help support my immune system a little bit more. Right. I'm not trying. I don't you know, it could be any virus. It could be the cold flu season. Okay, you know, it's like for me, I started to take a supplement that I normally take once in a while. Um, cause you know, I working with a lot of kids. Um, sometimes there's, uh, I'm, I'm around kids that are just, uh, not under, under the weather. And I, it's not like I have a fear or anything to it. Uh, I don't, I'm not even worried about getting anything caught with anything because, um, the germ theory doesn't exist. I know people, it's still very held strongly and true in the medical world, but I, I, the way we break it down is very simple. If the germ theory was true, none of us would be here to see it. We wouldn't be here to believe it because that means the plague should have wiped everybody out. The, the Spanish flu in 1918 should have killed every single person um, because, you know, it's like I always say, why is it one kid goes into his classroom and uh, he has he let's say he or she has the flu. And then there's only there's always only a percentage of people who get the flu and there's a percentage that don't. They're all exposed to the same virus. 
And we had studies. I was sharing studies of this. We had data back in March in 2020 from cruise ships, a Navy cruise ship. I think it was Navy and another cruise ship where the virus was exposed to 100 percent of the people on there. But yet it was only 21 percent or something like that. People were getting affected. And I was just trying to use that to kind of use logic to break down fear. That's what my main goal was, what I was trying to do back then um, in that process. But again, coming back to understanding the law of duality, it, nothing, you, you, something can, if you say something's beautiful, that means something has to be ugly then in order for beauty to exist, right? There's, there's always those, 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 those duels. And so I was, I've always, I've learned this at an early age. Well, when I was in, in, in chiropractic school, primarily gave me the true confidence on this, that, you know, I was like, if something comes out, there's always something else for it. And, and it's just got to go look for it. And once you shift your perspective to that, you have, you, you stayed open-minded with that. You keep the look. Now you're not getting caught into the trap of the fear. And now you start to look and go, okay, well, if there is, what is there? And all of a sudden you'll find a whole world of stuff that's out there that you're like, oh my goodness. And that gives you empowerment. Now I'm not in a state of fear. Now you can choose. And I told my patients that, like, I had some patients, I had some protocols I gave them. I said, hey, just do this if this happens, but also let's make sure we focus on mindset and things like that because you can have fear of this thing and you can take things that are naturally shown by science to work and yet it won't work because you had the fear that overrided it. Or overrided it. Brilliant. I, I, I was just smiling that whole time because I deeply resonate with what you just said. So really, like, the power of belief is really can sort of filter someone's reality to what they may or may not experience. So if someone is walking fearful that they're going to get sick, the very likelihood is that they're going to attract some sort of, of illness, whether it's a cold, whether it's a flu, or whether it's something even more serious. And, you know, this is something that I discovered on my journey as well, because, you know, I've experienced, you know, a pretty major sickness too. And if I were to measure my thoughts at the time that I was sick, it it matched exactly as to what I should be receiving. So I have I had no one to blame but myself. And this is a, a bit of the hard part to the ego when you when you say you know you accepting re responsibility for your thoughts because there's there's tends to be you know in the uh, the left brain world you know the ego world that oh it's not my fault uh, that person did this to me or this happened to me at work. My boss yelled at me and it, it had victim mentality, right? So it's about stepping out of that. And that word that you used empowerment, that true sense of the word empowerment is truly everything. The power of belief to, to know that there are solutions to know that you are creating your reality. So what are some ways that people can step out of that, step out of that fear, you know, other than sort of, you know, being knowledgeable, what are some practical ways in their everyday life that they can be like, okay, I'm feeling the fear. What can I do? Yeah, I mean, first thing, if you're feeling the fear, the first thing to do um, is, you know, go jump in a cold shower. <laughs> you know, that's one way you can do something. The purpose is, is what can you do to reset your nervous system, right? Just get you back to the present. Because when you're in a state of fear, your mind has moved to the future. And it has that's where fear, worry, and anxiety comes from. And so when you have those emotions, your mind somewhere in the future and, has, and you're thinking of things that don't exist right now. Um, and so how do we get you back to the center? How do we pull your power back? Stop giving power to other things. And a cold shower is great because you're going to go into survival mode and you can't think about what you're thinking about anymore. You can take six cold, six deep breaths that resets the nervous system. It's something, you know, something along, you can go outside and water your grass really quick and step, put your feet on it and stand on there for 15 minutes. That's going to ground your energy. It'll help recenter your nervous system. Again, it's things that you can do to recenter yourself. Um, because if you, what happens with the noise, 
noise. And then today's society, we have noise like crazy. It's not just mainstream media anymore. Now it's social media that adds to it and all these other things. The more you are getting pulled to those kind of things, the harder you're, it's going to make it harder and you're pulling yourself away further from center. And so these are simple things to do. Just reset. Calm down. Just reset. Get yourself back to center. Once you do that, all of a sudden you can tap into other resources. You know, again, everything's neurology at the end of the day. So when you can center your nervous system, you can go, you can get out of this reptilian brain, which is pure survival being a monkey again. And you can go into more of a higher consciousness brain where you can start to think about things a little bit. You can start to critically think. This is why chiropractors get the most bashing during the pandemic is because, you know, when we're, when you get adjusted, we're, 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 we're helping create a stronger connection to the prefrontal cortex. And part of that brain is, um, is going to be executive function and centers, future planning and thinking, impulse control, just to name a few things. And that's really centeredness, right? Because if you're centered more, you don't have a lot of impulse. You don't let things pull you away. You stay more focused because your, your prefrontal cortex allows you to be more focused, more productive, and keep your, keep you more centered. And so from that, you can, you can do those kind of things to where uh, as we can get to that place, you'll see things in a different realm. You can start to not be, you can start to question things. You'll be able to see you can look at things from a logical perspective because, and I'm using COVID as a, the pandemic as an example. I even used it in my book because it was to show how we get conditioned so quickly. Uh, I'm not saying none of the things of COVID is real or not real. I don't get into that, but I'm just from from our the context of what we're talking about um, is you know when you're looking at the these kind of things um, you know uh, from a from these kind of levels, what happens is you I'm losing my train of thought here, but it was something about prefrontal cortex. Thinking about that aspect of it. Um, it gives you an opportunity to really analyze and see what's true for you and what isn't rather than getting caught up into it. Because research shows, and it came out last year, that uh, people who are in a state of fear who are put in a state of fear, behavior is controlled. Uh, they can control your behavior. Uh, and so you want to be able to take the control back to you. And you want to be able to choose how you want to see something and how you want to go forth with it. And it was amazing because those individuals who I was able to work with on like something like that, it was interesting. And this is just life in general, but um, when you're able to do that, you can see it for what it is. You can calm and center and you can make better choices when it comes to business clients that I have. And let's say like, let's say I'm going to use COVID as an example. Again, the pandemic, I've had clients that could not work because their business was, had to be shut down because of the pandemic and due to lockdowns. Right. So their income's done. That's it. It's not like it's slowly dwindling. No, it got cut off. I had, you know, I had someone who worked in a salon and she, her big, her bigger moneymaker was weddings. Bridal parties, all you know, doing the bridal hair and all that stuff, and the wedding for the wedding and all that, and totally gone, just like that. The matter of one decision, one one announcement from the governor of Illinois, done. And you know, fear kicked in, right? So once we calmed the fear, then we were able to look at this and we we're able to look to make a different choice from a different vibration, right? Not a survival vibration, but from more of a thriving. And we said, let's go this route. And it's amazing. I love one of these stories because all of a sudden. You look at her life now, she could go anywhere she wants in the world. She could travel anywhere she wants. She thrived during the pandemic rather than survive. And so this is when you're looking at your life. The first thing to do, I apologize, my dog is scratching over here. Um, the one, one of the things you can do is, again, just how do you center your brain? How do you get it to just recenter? Meditation, journaling. You can look at, sorry, I'm trying to tap them. There we go. Um, cold showers. Uh, breath work, breathing, something to center your nervous system back. Um, emotional freedom techniques, another one. You can listen to sound. Different sounds can help with that, right? Uh, there's different different things that you can do 
that will allow you to recenter your nervous system. And when you can do that, it shifts the brain to start to look at a different direction where now you're not putting the thinking you're helpless and instead now you're empowered and you can make a choice that's going to benefit you. Amazing. Deeply resonate with everything you just said. And you know what, what kind of comes to my heart when you're speaking about that is uh, I did a podcast on this called your circle of influence. And I look at us and I, I look at nature as a teacher for us to be like, okay, how can we live our best lives, you know, from a plant to the solar system, to the galaxy. And if you think about the sun, the sun has influence over the planets and planets have influences over each other. And that's why the sun, that's where the science of astrology comes in is, is the influence of planets and these gravitational forces on each other. And so if we look at ourselves like little planets walking around, are we being allowed to be influenced by say a, a, a negative influence? Are we been influenced by something that's a positive light? And so a lot of us can get lost in, in that circle of influence because we're just running off of these old programs. And it's something that I've walked that path to. And I was a very fearful child, just bouncing back and forth, reacting, just how can I protect myself? And it takes time. You have to, these things have to come to the surface. They have to be seen in order for them to be dissolved. So that's why we can't beat ourselves up, beat ourselves up and say, oh, why was I a fool for so long? How did this get me for so long? It's not about that. It's about being thankful that these lessons have taught us things to get us to where we are now, where we can actually break free. What a lovely story, because that, that was one thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, the pressure of this outside sort of environment is sort of an illusion, right? Because what is inside of us is manifested on the outside. So that hairdresser client of yours, you know, like through her recognizing of who she really is and her power was able to manifest that what was inside of her into some wonderful business. So for people out there, you know, yes, I, I, I feel my heart goes up for people that have lost businesses, but I also look at like an opportunity to, um, to break out of that sort of boundary, to break out of that sort of control mechanism and realize the wealth doesn't come from out there. The wealth comes from within you. And I guess for you, you this is what you do. You're you're a business mindset coach. Um, you know what is what is some advice for people that you know perhaps are tired of their job and they're feeling the pressure and they want to do something on their own. And this is something that maybe this is the time. What is something that what are some small steps that you know my listeners can do to sort of walk that path? Love this question. And the first thing that you can do, and it's the most powerful, this is what billionaires do. We did, we actually did this as infants and children, well, children, toddlers. Um, and then we lost the art of this is what's your vision in life? What do you want to see? How do you, what do you want to see for yourself? Vision is one of the most critical things. If you look at all the spirits, all the spiritual texts and truths and all the things I've looked at, um, vision is the thing that we start with because what you see, the way the world works and how we manifest and how we do things is everything comes from non-physical to physical. A thought is a non-physical element. It is a vibration. We can measure that. It has a frequency to it, but it's non-physical. But the more we give energy to that thought with emotions and all these other things, then all of a sudden that can eventually transition into the physical. I mean, we're, we're, we're connecting here. Uh, I'm, I have a camera here. Somebody thought of that at one point or another. Um, look at the cell phone. Someone thought of it at one point like, I'm tired of being stuck on a cord or I want to be able to go drive and be free and have a phone with me. If I want to make a phone call, they kept thinking about it. And eventually it came to them and they were able to create that. Right. So everything starts not physical, physical. The other thing why vision is so critical is because what you see in your mind's eye or otherwise known as imagination 
is what your eventually what your potential is number one because if you can't if you can imagine it you can create it that is an absolute scientific truth that is a quantum physics truth that's also a neuroscience truth so not only did i go spiritual there but i also have two different parts of science to support that so when you think about that everything in my mind no matter what i think up my brain can't tell the difference if that's true or not true it just sees it as truth so what I see with my eyes and what I imagine in my head are both truths to your subconscious and to your brain. Now, some may say, well, that doesn't mean anything. No, that means a lot because what you can do is you can take, now you can step into your power and you can start to create and make your brain think that that's reality. You can't just think it, but you also have to pull emotions to it. And then I also teach my clients about vibes. So this is why vision is important. Now, what's vision? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to create? What do you want to have? What do you want to have for your relationships? What do you want to have for your health? How do you view yourself in your health? How do you define health? How do you define your relationship? Definitions are another part of it, which I'll get into in a second. But how do you see them? What, what do you? How do you see yourself? More importantly, see, it's not. Sometimes when I talk about relationships, people say, "I want to have this person that has this and this and this." And I said, "No, no, you just gave your power away." Who do you want to be in that relationship? Who do you? How do you want to feel? What do you want to experience in that relationship? Right? Because when you do that, then the person and their characteristics and all that will align to that. You don't have to worry because we always want to figure things out in our head. And it's like we, ha we have our why, but we want to figure out the hows. Forget the hows. Just go to the why. So vision is the, the, the ground point to do that. So you set out your vision. Um, you can write it. You can have a vision board. There's so many tools you can use, but it's just which one that you like. Again, going back to authentically being you. So the vision and imagining how you want to see your life, what your life is about, what you want to see it is, you know, how much money you want to make. You can get into all these things. Vision is the most critical. Number two, I've already mentioned it, but I'm just, I want to keep it clean here. So in, in a step-by-step -step process, um, you got to tie your emotions into it. Think of something that makes you happy, something that raises your vibration. And you want to get your body involved. You mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza. He talks a lot about this. Get your body involved into it so you can bring it to the present moment. And it, it's one of those things where looking at, um, you know, when you see that entity of your future self, what does that feel like? What do you feel when you see that future self in that, you know, being that person in that relationship or being that person in your in your work or whatever it may be? You want to tie in those emotions and that's what gives life to it now. That's emotion, energy, emotion. Another way you can think of it is, is some people get we want to get scientific and they're like, well, there has to be. What do you mean by that? There's got to be forces. That's OK. Thoughts are electrical and emotions are magnetic. When you put those together, that's electromagnetic force that you're putting upon to create a change and create a reality for yourself. Um so that's number two. The third thing that they can do um, when it comes to this is we talked about intention. This is how you break out of the matrix. You got to set your vibe every single day. What I mean by setting your vibe is like every morning I get up and I raise my vibration. Sometimes I'll think of my future self again, going into that realm and seeing me in my future self. And it brings these feelings of a higher vibe. It really brings joy into me. Sometimes I have to anchor it with a positive emotion of my past, something that I did, overcame, that brought a lot of joy. Um, it's really easy now. I just had uh, my, my daughter just turned three weeks old. So we have our first daughter that we had. So getting into that vibe is so easy now because all I do is I'm at, see, me, I'm, see myself holding her. And then, bam, the emotions come up. So I'm like, beautiful. I rise my, I raise my vibe every single day. And in that process, it sets the tone. I have the intention of the vibe I want to create and have this often. And I'm teaching my brain how to create a habit of that so they can get used and get hooked into that. That's how you leverage your mind. And then once that's hooked, now it's automatic. And then all of a sudden, you're doing this on a constant basis. So the three points I shared was you got to have a vision first. 
Okay. You got to tie the emotions into there and you got to focus on your vibe every single day. There's other things you can do, but those three are like the biggest things that I focus on with clients um, to really start to shift gears, to get them into alignment. So then we can create like effortless action. We can create effortless success, which is crazy, especially in the business world. I get sometimes get a lot of kickback for saying those kind of things. Um, but when you're really stepping into leveraging the, your life and your universe and you're doing these things and a couple other things to add in the mix, um, all of a sudden, it, when you make a choice, it just all of a sudden it works. And you're just like, how is this happening? It's just so easy to work. It's, I, the, the, you're so used to having to do all these different things. And yet, but when you have, when you're all centered and you're leveraging and, and leveraging the mind and centering everything, it's like a laser, you know, all the points come together to shoot to a certain area. And when you do that, that's effortless. So what I love about this, this is such brilliant information. I hope everybody's getting that. Um, you become sort of the experiment in your own life and then your faith in yourself and in the process solidifies. And then yet that momentum within you just builds and builds and builds. You become like a tsunami. So I want everyone to really remember those three points. One thing that may be stopping people from taking that first step, and this is something that I have felt, and I know that if I felt it, there's other people out there that have felt this, is the feeling of guilt, the feeling of being so-called selfish. Well, what about my partner? What about my kids? What about my family or whatever, et cetera, et cetera? How can they break free from that, from feeling that sort of, you know, because this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where guilt is used as a tool to control. And I always look at it that, you know, being selfish is actually very important in the fact that you need to fill your own cup first so that you can better support and love those around you to be your best. So what are some ways to actually to, to cut that off? If you have someone that's negative in your life or have someone that's saying, oh, you can't do this, or, you know, you have something in your environment that is triggering you to feel guilty. How do we break out of that? Yeah. If you have someone that's negative in your life, that's just their limiting beliefs they're, they're putting upon you. Um, and you have a choice to either accept that or not. And that's, and, and unfortunately we live in a days, today's era where beliefs, beliefs are just being dumped all over the place in, in, in so many different ways, uh, due to the realm of social media and so forth. Uh, but it was like that before it's just rampant more now and you see more of it because of being in social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is this, think about it this way. And this is what I had to go through because again, I was a people pleaser. That's what I was taught to be uh, coming from an Italian background, but also from a Roman Italian Catholic. Um, I had to, couldn't say things to upset my grandparents. I couldn't say things to upset certain people, even though that was my truth and how I felt, I had to keep my mouth shut. And then when I did, I get yelled at because I'd be like, look how you made them feel. You know, and I would have the guilt kick in because of that. Um you brought up a great point too. You got to fill up your own cup. I talk a lot about that, but I'll, I'll take it to another level. If you let's say let's take it to this perspective. This just again, these are all perspectives, right? This is how you pre preframe pre uh, uh, reframe your mind mindset. Because here you are thinking that I need to be this way. I have to be selfless to my kids. I have to surrender, surrender, surrender. Being a pediatric chiropractor, I worked with a lot of mothers, and I used to tell them, "Stop the mother uh, supermom syndrome. Get rid of that." You know, I go, I don't want to hear that you can't do things or take care of yourself for X, Y, Z. Hire somebody, talk to your husband or partner, do whatever you have to do to get that time that you need. Because here's the thing, you're showing your kids. And I, sometimes I had to get brutally honest with this. I'm like, you're showing your kids what it is to not take care of yourself. So what you're going to teach them is not to take care of their health or take care of their well-being. And it's not worth doing. Is that okay for you? Now, some may say I'm using guilt. For me, I'm not. I'm trying to just do a shock and all to just kind of just, you know, kind of say, hey, let's just shake it up a little bit. 
And let me really have you analyze because what they say is their judgment, not mine. I'm not judging. I'm just trying to have them become aware. And then they're like some, not always, but a good percentage would be like, you're right. Oh my goodness. I didn't even see that. And I said, okay, now I'm not mom shaming you. So let's, let's get rid of that. Um, this is not guilt. I'm not getting rid of that. I just wanted you to create awareness. You become aware of that. You see that feeling you had? I want you to be mindful of that feeling now. Now memorize that in your head. And now what you can do is you can take the step forward and every time take care of yourself, but you have to, in some way, sometimes I tell people like, even with your kids, if you're doing something that is like my, you know, doing something to, you know, the help, you know, create a better life into the future, you're showing them delayed gratification. You're not going to tell them that they're going to learn that because they're going to see you always working and doing things, but you know, finding that balance, it's, it's the life you want to have later. So many times we think that we, you know, we have, I, I, like I said, I had this guilt in my own ways. I even had a fear of success because I was worried that I'd become too successful. That would make my other personal life and everything chaotic. Um, but it, it's going to that point of understanding and really seeing it in a different perspective that if you can take care of yourself, now we can go health wise, we can go fulfilling your going after your wishes and your dreams as a business, maybe a business or whatever it may be. If you can, do that and, and, and really, you know, shift that perspective and say, well, on the other side, if I was, let's say I get to the level I want to get to, then how much, how am I going to be, who am I going to be and how I'll be showing up? Because let's face it, let's say you want to run a business, you want to do something that helps make more money, but you're like, I, I don't want to do that because I got to take care of my kids and, you know, and I want to be able to be there for them and, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. But at the same token, you're going to be stressing on money. You're going to be stressed out all the time. Most likely in those states of mind, you're going to be more reactive. You're going to shoot more to the negative emotions. You're going to be in those kind of things. How that's going to affect the kids, right? Because they're going to learn. They're, they're, they're learning on modeling. They're not learning by what you say. They're learning on your model. They're learning on energy. And they're learning on the energy, the, the, the imprint of how they feel based off images of what they capture in their mind. So how they see something, in other words. And so imagine you now, six months or a year later, doing the opposite, taking a little time for yourself. But at the same token, you're more energetic. You feel more fulfilled. Are you going to be nicer and more understanding to your children? Are you going to connect with them more and so forth? Um, most likely you will. Is that important to you? Would you want to see more of that? Oh, my God, I would love to see more of that. That's the importance of being a little selfish. Fill your cup up first because you can't you can't give something to someone else if you don't have it. So in order you grab it, have it first, then you could be selfless. And I always say you got to be selfish first to be selfless. And that was something that took me a long time to learn. It's not something I had memorized and just knew. Uh, when I started to break away from that, it was like a small little bit where I was like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm choosing me. I'm not, someone calls and they need, they need help. I'm like, you know what? I, I can't. And then I felt like crap for saying no, right? Why? I, I, I literally can't. I, I had to focus on college. I was doing something. I, I had to get this, 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 this deadline done. And I was bothered by it still. Didn't make sense. And those things still show up in my life from time to time, depending on the person. And but I've gotten way better to understand. Like I'm at a point now in my life where it's like, if I if I can help someone and I have the opportunities and the means to do it, absolutely I'm going to do it. I love helping people. It fulfills me. It helps me be more uh, human, feel more of the humanness of life. But if I can't, I'm okay with saying no. I still feel guilty because I can't help them. But at the same token, uh, I've learned to cope with that and not let it linger and so forth. Brilliant. Brilliant. You made me, you made me laugh there. So, you know, it's, it's what I get from that is it's, you know, fill your own cup first and then you could be selfless. And at the same time, you know, it's okay to create boundaries. It's it's actually important to create boundaries because otherwise, you know, people will push upon you to get what they want. Unless you're surrounded by people who are on a similar path, you're going to have to be aware that there's other people that are still operating off of the old programming. And I think 
it's important for people that are sort of on this path of awakening, of, of finding their truth, of digging into the truth to sort of be that light for others, not necessarily saying, hey, I know something you don't. It's just about being your best self. And just like you said about the child absorbing that information from the mom, which I know I was like that as a kid. I, I just absorbed all that stuff, which was good and bad in a lot of ways. But we're as adults, we're like that too. So if we see someone that's you know acting in just very uh, you know full of love and 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 light, they don't even have to say anything. We're just going to get a good vibe off of those type of people. And so it takes us uh, time to get to these processes. Then you know I've felt guilty along the years of of I was a people pleaser. And, oh, I wish I could help that person. And sometimes I would say yes, even though I couldn't. And I'd put myself in these really silly situations. And then my integrity sort of breaks down. And so I made a promise to myself over a decade ago, I was going to start to build that integrity up. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I think you might agree with me on this. You'll let me know after. Is that what you tell yourself in your mind, your subconscious will support. So if you're someone that says, I'm going to go to the gym today, and then you don't your subconscious is watching this. And so your subconscious is either going to support you or it's not. What do you think about that? No, 100%. I mean, even when it comes to like the whole people pleasing thing, if you can, all you have to do is just shift your perspective to see it as like I was sharing before, like that future self of you of being, you know, more fulfilled or helping you fill your cup up or seeing something good out of that, then it minimizes the guilt and the subconscious will support and it's going to connect with that. But it's everything. It's how you, whatever you, however you see it, it's what it's going to be. And, um, it, it will, will, you know, it, it will to a certain degree. It depends. Like if I don't work out and I say I'm going to work out and then I don't, I get very mad at myself. I'm like, here we go. I've gotten better with it, but I'm like, man, I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. I don't know if that's a, a word thing or just lack of showing. I, I'm very committed to doing things. And if I don't get it done, I get mad. Um, but it, not mad, like angry or anything. Just like, I'm like, oh, come on, man. I should have got that done today. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I'll, just, I'll play catch up to next next time. or I'll do a double tomorrow or the following day and I'll try to play catch up. Um, but it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, that perspective will play a huge, huge, it's everything. So it, it will, uh, it's all that inner dialogue, the stories you're telling yourself, how you see it too, because it's like, if you're kind of saying, Hey, I didn't get to it today. Unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. I wanted to be there, but I had some things come up. That's okay. I'm not going to put myself in a rut. I'm not going to dig a bigger, bigger hole. It is what it is. And I'll just get back on the, I'll get back on the wheel tomorrow and I'll be good to go. And, and, and you will, you will be good to go. Or if you're like me, I get upset and it's like, man, what the heck? Here we go. I knew I should have get this done. Man, I didn't get that done. And it would bother me. I did all these other things, but that one would bother me because I didn't get it done. And uh, and then it lowers your vibe and it messes things up. And sometimes that lower vibe may mess up your next day and not get it done. And then mess up your next day and not get it done. And then subconscious is going to mess. Depending on what your inner critic is, it's going to come out and can start barking at you loud and crazy. That's what I always say is like the most important thing we can do for ourselves is to be gentle. Because as soon as we start putting like, oh, I'm mad at myself. I should do that. Well, guess what? That's being absorbed into your subconscious too. So it's, it is definitely a, a, a fine path, uh, that middle path that you have to walk of realizing that, okay, there's a pattern here. I keep saying I'm going to do this and I don't. What is the block? What is the source? Why am I not doing that? And to recognize it and to try to bring that into alignment because what you keep saying to yourself and you do it, your subconscious will support you. So if you're someone who, uh, you know, and I used to be like this in my 20s, I'll be honest. I used to say I was going to do something and I wouldn't. And whenever I would try to do something, my subconscious wouldn't support me. And I'd be like, why is this thing not working? Like, why can I not attract this? Or why can I not find a job? Well, it was because of that. So it's about recognizing the patterns and, and taking that perspective, as you said, watching that perspective from a higher perspective, 
looking at yourself as unbiased as you can to see what the patterns are, to see where they connect, to see where they go. Because the answers are within you. You just have to be willing to look at it without feeling and, and being heavy on yourself because we're sort of taught that way from your background and your culture. We're taught to be hard on ourselves, aren't we? Oh, massively. I mean, you beat yourself up. You don't, you, you don't say you're going to do something. Um, it, it's, it's going to the guilt and shame. I mean, that's just, that was just hammered all day long. Uh, you said you're going to do this. You didn't do it. Bam. Get hit guilt and shame. Hey, you did. And it's just always constantly there. So, um, it's one, it gets to a point where and this is something I teach a lot of my clients too, about feeling and tapping in that body again, because you really want to be aware of that vibe. You don't have to think it because sometimes you may not be aware. Subconscious knows how to hide a lot of things. It's things that you can't like, there's still stuff I'm trying to figure out 38 years in that I don't have figured out. Uh, with my subconscious because it's just unprogrammed. I'm just trying to get to. But what I have learned is that if I can tap into the feelings and just focus on that vibe and teach myself that and be come from awareness from that level, oh, it is so much easier to get because then it's just like, ah, that feeling. I know that feeling. I've had that feeling before. Where has that feeling shown up before in my life? And then images will show up eventually. And then it's like, okay, cool. I don't, I'm not putting words on this. I'm not trying to figure it out from a verb, verbal, you know, verbally or anything like that. Intellectually, I'm just feeling it. And I'm just like, okay, cool. That meant that. Okay, great. Done. Why? Because that's how we conditioned our subconscious when we were kids. We didn't intellectually figure things out. Our left brain wasn't fully developed until we were seven years old. That's why it's zero to seven usually is all our conditioning hits. And But we, we just saw something. We got a reaction of a feeling from it, maybe the vibe and energy most of the time of what we're picking up on. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, interesting. Whatever I'm seeing, that must be mean this. And then all of a sudden, that's how limiting beliefs get created. Absolutely. You have to see it in order to heal it. And that's why we have to be gentle on ourselves. That's how we break the pattern. That's how we break the loop. So I think this is something, you know, that's in a, in a you know, when things happen in the past in the world, they're always sort of in, in a certain country or in a certain area of the world. Now, everything's sort of now being felt collectively. So if there is an issue in a certain country as what's happening in uh, in Ukraine, we're feeling it over here. So it feels like things are now in this collective state instead of it being more uh, related to a country or or a community. Now, what do you think that sort of means for 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 the average person that's trying to figure their way into their truth, into who they are and what they're supposed to do? In the sense of how the collective is being affected more often now? Exactly. So now- like, right. Go ahead. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Uh, 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 you can go. You can share a little more. That's fine. Well, yeah, it's just just because I find it interesting. Now, we you know, it, technology has brought us to so close together that we just feel now. Yeah, we're looking at our phones, we're looking at our news, but we're also feeling, you know, like the energetic field of what's happening in another country. We were feeling that before, but now it's actually we're seeing it, and now it's actually affecting yeah. our economy. Now it's affecting our our livelihood, our gasoline prices, our markets, the fear of driving up into this so-called uh, supposed war, uh, fear of war, nuclear war, all these crazy fears are now just really like, I look at it as a way of awakening. So it's it's just such an important time for us to really look within. And that's why I, I love people like you because you know the world needs people like this. And that's what I was, I was saying is like, don't be afraid to, to ask for help. Don't be afraid to, to find someone outside of your group that has a different perspective because that resonance that Dr. Vic has 
is going to have an effect on you like a tuning fork. And so just like that circle of influence idea, you know, it's good to be around that sort of energy and uh, influence to sort of help you bring that perspective out and be like, huh, I can think differently. I can do things differently. So my, my thought was for you is, you know, what do you think about what's happening on, on the collective scale for the average person? You know, how can, what, what can they do? Again, it comes back in my, it, it comes back to decoding the matrix, right? Cause you look at the matrix, what's that vibration? What's the frequency at? You got the, the war, the Ukraine, there's all these things that are coming out of it. And, it, and, it, and we are, we, it's cool to see. Yeah. We're interconnected more from a technological standpoint. We're very close connected now. Uh, but there's also, we're not only like that, you know, what happens in one realm, it has to happen on others. And so like you look at our global economy, the economy, the, the, the global economy is all interconnected. If China goes downhill, it's not just China going downhill. It affects everybody in the mix. The United States go downhill. It affects everybody in the mix. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're not like we used to be anymore. Like you were saying, like if it's just one country, it is, they deal with it and that's so forth. Now it's, we're all interconnected. Look at trade, look at, you can, you can look at oil. You can look at X, Y, Z. You can look at anything. It's all, we're a global, a global aspect to it. So it's kind of cool. And that may mean that we're time to transcend. That's what I really believe. That's why I wrote my book too. It's time to transcend above. So David Hawkins, he, I don't know if you ever read his book, power versus force, but he talks about a level, a consciousness level that is above support, above a certain level. I think it's 200 or 204 uh, in his research that is supporting life. And anything under that is not supporting life. And humanity has been not supporting life for a very long time, a couple thousand years at least. And what's interesting is, is I always say that's great. But my mind, the way it works is if that's true, we should see it in the world. Well, in my book, I kind of talk about this and I say, well, are more species becoming endangered and extinct or less species becoming endangered or extinct? If you look at the world, is our is our is our is pollution on the rise or not on the rise? Is our soil less more nutrient dense or less nutrient dense? Are there more diseases, less diseases or more diseases? You can see that all this is getting worse. So, again, it comes back to the consciousness level. Where are we as humans? Where are we focusing? What's pulling our attention? So when you got things like a war going on and the threats of World War III and cyber attacks, nuclear, X, Y, Z, that's all the fear being, that's just another, that's another way of imposing fear upon the people. And when we can get people to have that fear, we're owning their vibration. We're controlling their vibration. Now, why is fear being put on? Why is it being enforced in those ways? You know, it's more power and influence is what I always see. Is there a war going on in Ukraine? Yes, there's a war going on in Ukraine. I'm not saying there isn't. But, you know, when you look at when when fear, I always say, and I've seen this in health. This is why I saw it in health, and I've now I see it across the board and others, too. Anytime fear is being pushed, 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 there's always an agenda of some sort behind it because they want to control behavior. We can control behavior in some way, shape, or form. Remember, fear, an individual who's in a state of fear, you can control their behavior. That's the research that came out last year. And so looking at these things, you know, it's it's one you have power in that too. Because if you get caught up in the fear or even the pity of it, right? Like all these poor Ukrainian people. I have I, I met two people in Knoxville who are from Ukraine. So I got to hear first stories of their family of what's going on and so forth, which is interesting. I didn't have pity. I just prayed. I got to, cho I chose to say, you know what? I'm going to pray upon them and give light and love to them. I'm going to try to see it in a higher vibration for them as much as I possibly can. Uh, and I know if I can come from that state rather than feeling sorry then I know that I can I can help raise that a little bit. And if we had more people coming from the empowering state, not from a, some people may say, I want to pray because I'm scared that this may happen for them and I want to see this stop. 
I get that, but you're coming from a fear state regardless. You got to come from an empowering state um, and know that there's things in the world that we can't control. Like there's just things that are going to happen. And I share this in my book too. Like it, we can't control what happens on the higher levels. I mean, we even, even from like when it comes, I even share in there, like when it comes to having leaders of countries, they're chosen by the vibration of the people, not the voting of the people, the vibration of the people. There's a difference. Some people say, what's well, the same thing? Yes and no, but you know, some people don't vote and, but they have a vibration, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. Yes. So you're looking at it, you're looking at it that way, like, because there's some people that have opinions, but they won't go vote, but they still have a vibration and they still, because this is why I talk about the matrix and the sub matrixes. So when you're looking at it from a, from the global standpoint, the only thing I'm starting to see and what I truly believe, this is why I, I think at the time of my life, if you asked me 10, 12 years ago, if I would get out of chiropractic ever, I would have told you, no, I would never, I'd be in chiropractic care for the rest of my life. Uh, to be a business mindset coach right now and not practicing chiropractic, that that's a big shift for me. But I feel there's also a time where we are in a point where we we're in a shift. The shift happened in 2012. If you look at the Mayan calendar and look at all the other things that are like that. But we're at a point now where we can actually shift above supporting life, which will be a game changer for us. Uh, and we're getting closer to that. But as the power of being control and who have whatever that may be, the people of influence, I like to say, or the, the groups of influence, um, they they don't want to give up that power. And so you get this war and we've been under this war for a little bit now for the last, I think, six years, seven years. And uh, and so what happens is, is that's why I wrote the book, too, because I'm like, if I can teach people how to just understand this one little principle, then and if they can just do this. This will unlock and allow them to achieve their potential. And you're talking about vibrational tuning forks and all that. And I talk about that in the spiritual awakening side of the book to where it's like, if we can get you to that point, then all of a sudden your vibration starts to liberate others. And if we can get more people to liberate other people, then all of a sudden we have this chain reaction. That's a domino effect. Really. We start awaking the masses. And then all of a sudden we start to choose leaders. We actually, because of our vibration and where we are, because we actually dictate the future. Uh, of where we are and how we're vibing. That's the law of karma. We'll talk about that. Where we are right now is because of our past actions. And so we can shift that. And all of a sudden, companies will come out, new companies, and they will all of a sudden gain traction and they'll help us with XYZ. It doesn't have to be us. It could be you if you feel inclined and that's what you want to do. But just being in that vibration will open the door to other things to evolve that may inspire someone or it may interest enough to allow that to happen we'll change the way we live to support life more um and that's just the law of vibration that's law of attraction these are the, those are the ones that are tied into it when it comes to these kind of things i'm just smiling ear to hear this this man is speaking absolute truth absolute brilliance um i hope everybody's hearing that you know truly because it's not about putting pity out there it's not about putting more fear out there it's about recognizing and giving our energy that we can see that person for their true potential, that they can turn their situation around as an individual, as a country, as a world community. And that's where I was kind of going with that last question was, was I want to kind of see where your thoughts were as to what's happening now is sort of the trigger to you called it transcending. And it's, I definitely do believe that it happened after 2012 with the Mayan calendar has dated as the end of a old world and new the new beginning of another and here where we are and through chaos a new world is born and chaos can be ugly and this is some of the things that we're going to see um but just as we as humans have to die um you know it gives the chance for birth to happen for babies to be born 
And so there has to be, like you said, that duality. There has to be, in order for there to be birth, there has to be death. In order for there to be hot, there has to be cold. And so it's giving us the perspective, the chance to awaken to our true potential into coming together into actually making a true difference into realizing that we're not just some powerless individual walking around. We're part of a collective. And if we can actually find that truth within us and share that truth with others, especially others that are like-minded and you build upon that strength, that momentum becomes unstoppable. And then this old structure, these old controlling, controlling structures break down for the new wonderful life-giving structures to be built, whether they're an actual building that's actually working with the environment or whether it's a company that actually truly gives and is, you know, is zero carbon and it, it, it doesn't hurt the environment. It doesn't harm animals or whatever you can envision. That's what it can be. And so I was just smiling as, as Dr. Vic here was speaking about that, because this is the time that we're at. We're, we're at this time where, you know, it's giving us the opportunity to, to really see as Dr. Vic was saying, you know, the war was happening before, but now it's just becoming more apparent and more in your face. And I do believe that it's kind of meant to trigger people into awakening. And so through this fear, um, you know, you can recognize eventually that you're in fear. And when you recognize and you have that perspective, okay, why am I in fear? What's happening? What's the source of this fear? What's happening? Who's telling me this stuff? And when you start to find out and do your own research, and through whatever channels that you can find and connecting with those sources, you are going to have the answers come to you like a magnet. So if you're truly searching for the truth, the truth will come to you. Um, and because it's what you, what you filter uh, your reality to be is your belief system. And so if you're feeling fearful, you're going to attract fear. But if you're actually, but fear is also, I say, a teacher, because just like light can't really exist without the, without the darkness. And I say as a, as a spiritual teacher, you know, um, we wouldn't actually be living physical lives here on earth if there was no darkness. So we have to look at it. Like I was having this in my mind, I was laying in bed. I'm like, and I used to be kind of afraid of the dark and afraid of like scary things, you know, as a kid, and there's still habits in there, right. As you're an adult. And I was thinking to myself, you know what, like even, and I've had crazy paranormal things happen to me, like just crazy stuff that I don't, I haven't really talked about too much, but stuff that's pretty fearful. And that stuff doesn't happen anymore because of my internal empowerment, my internal light. But I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? Like even in darkness, there is light because it's there to actually teach us what light is because that's what polarity is. That's what it's there to teach us about the opposite. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I wrote a whole book on that called The Walk in the Dark. But uh, <laughs> really? no, but it's true. I mean, you you have to go into the darkness to truly see the power of your light and rediscover more of it. Because just think about it this way. If I had a candle lit in my in a room full of light coming in and so forth, you don't really see how much that candlelight's really providing light. But to see the true power of that, go put it in a pitch black room and see how much it lights it up. Right. It, it's just amazing. And we came from the darkness. That, that you, when you go through the birth canal, you're in, you're, you, when you're in your mother's womb, you're in darkness. It's pure darkness. And you have to go through the birth canal to get to the light, right? And then all of a sudden, here comes this whole new world. And the same thing happens on the other end of the cycle when we're going to transition out of this world. We go into the darkness, and then we go to the light. Um, and so dark, it, it, that just those two things right there 
it's the same thing that works in this life. And that's just where I like it for me, I let the darkness teach me now and darkness can be challenges, obstacles. It doesn't have to just be the, uh, uh the dark night of the soul. It, it can be anything that it brings low vibes to you or fears or worries. And there's a beautiful lesson in that. Like you said, the fears talk, right? They teach and they do. They make you become aware of what things you have to work on. I, my, me too. I used to be very afraid of the dark. Uh, I had what I didn't understand. What was, I always felt like something was there and I just couldn't see it, but I felt it. And it was a weird, not touching me, but just feeling the presence of something. Uh, it took me a while to learn how I can feel things. And then I had to, then I had to learn and I love where you went because that's how what happened to me. When I started to really do this work, how powerful am I really? Like really the essence of who I am. Am I a subpar, you know, am I half of a power of like a Jesus or am I, you know, I was just like, what, what, what kind of power do I have? And then when you, when I came around universal laws and the law of one, that just summed it all up for me. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm in the likeness image of God. So I I'm pure light. So if I can step into my pure light, darkness can't, can't be, can't affect me in some way or things or whatever. Um, and that became a game changer. And that's how it is in life too. Understanding who you really are. If you look at a soul, at a soul, a soul is a creator. Soul creates and it creates the, whatever, you know, created the life that you are today. My soul, my higher, my true self, I don't like to say higher self, but my true self, um, you know, through all that work, uh, blueprints, all that fun stuff, created this life called Victor Manzo Jr. And I chose it. I chose to be this person at this time in this place on earth through these circumstances, born in the town that I was born in and the culture that I was born in, all that stuff to teach. But I truly believe the darkness is what gives us clues to know what our soul wants to achieve and get to. And if we can go into the darkness, we'll find our light. And when we find our light, it brings us one step closer to the true essence of who we are because we're removing something that needs, not removing, but learning more of what we need to that's already in us. All it is is just learning more of who you are. It's not learning anything outside. It's just learning more of who you are. That's why the darkness brings you within. And uh, and then from there, that's how you can keep expanding your light more and more and more. Brilliant. And it's almost about remembering, re-remembering our truth, isn't it? Um, and, you know, you brought Jesus up. And I, I and there's truth in everything. There's truth in the Bible. There's truth in all religions. And I, I do look at Jesus as, as a master that's walked on this planet, whose words have been probably used to control people in the past. But... Uh, definitely was a master walking around. And didn't he say, all I can do, all that I can do, you could do more. And so he's just saying, everything that's in within, within, within me is within you and more. And so all these great masters have that sort of same truth about telling us how great we are, how like we are already part of the the source of all things. So it's about, it's about remembering that. Uh, I was going to... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, it's, it's, it's like one of those things you're bringing up. I love that how you shared that, because when you look at Christians and, and it, it, for the most part, they're always like the second coming of Jesus, right? It said it in the Bible. And I always said, that's a misinterpretation. The second coming's us. It's not Jesus. He's, he's done his, he's came here already. He's done his imprint. He set his vibration in stone. He planted the seeds. It's, it's now up to us to awaken to the Christ consciousness, which is like Krishna and Buddha also. And again, we can get to that level and we can awaken that changes things. That's changing everything that the Jesus was planned to save and all that stuff. It's not going to be through Jesus. It'll be through us. At least that's what I've learned through my, you know, through um, all these different things I've read and understanding like the whole essence, because we're so caught up into humans love savior complex, right? There's someone who's going to save me. We do this with, we do this with presidents. 
no, the next pre- this president's going to solve all the issues. No, nah, nah, you can solve all the issues, but you can be hopeful. Um, and we're always looking outside ourselves. This thing, if I have this, if this, you know, all these kind of things, instead of, no, let's get back to us because that's where it's at. That's where the magic is. And if we can get back there, that's when we can do greater things. Like Jesus said, we can do just as much as he did or even more. Thank you for sharing that. And that's actually such an amazing point. Like currently uh, it appears our society is obsessed with that hero complex, right? If, if you look at the most popular movies on TV, what are they? They're going to be superhero movies. So help me, come and save me. I'm a victim. I can't save myself. And you know, there's entertainment in them. I, I could see the entertainment in them, but behind there, there's a psychology, right? Why is there so many people that love these types of movies? Well, yeah, they're entertaining, but there is a story in there about someone on the outside that's powerful coming to save a helpless person, a helpless situation. And that is exactly it, isn't it? It's, it's about us recognizing that we are our own savior. Yes, there's tools out there that can point in us in the right direction, but those are just that. They're just tools to point us back inwards, to listen to the God within us all. And that's what Jesus came here to do, was to teach us that. I mean, I don't even know like the idea of the church. It probably got mingled with the fear of controlling, right? Because if I think about church, I, I, I have that feeling of fear right? Because it's like, well, you're, you're a sinner. You've done wrong. God, God's mad at you. The, you have an angry God. I mean, as soon as I hear those words, that's not the God that I believe in. I believe in, a, in an all loving God that, that allows us to experience all the good and the bad that we want. And I don't even really consider things like bad. Yes, there's some horrible things, but I do believe that the soul plans this stuff for us to experience this darkness because there's multiple layers of life where, yes, we're experiencing life on the human level, but there's also fractalization. I don't know if you know what that is. Have you heard of fractalization or fractals? Fractals, yes. So yeah, so fractals is the idea that we're sort of in the middle of creation. And if that's why, like, if science keeps looking for the smallest particle, the boson Higgs, they're going to have to keep finding it because there is no end. It's just going to, that's the proof that we live in a fractal. And so that's the whole point of life is that that's when you keep looking up at the biggest telescope on the planet, you're not going to find an end. That's why they got this James Webb, Webb telescope and they're looking and they say, if you take a grain, a dry grain of rice and you put it at arm's length and uh, you're looking at that with your eye, that's sort of what that image is capturing. And it's showing thousands of galaxies in that tiny image. So it just goes to show you that life is infinite and that life is limitless. So when I feel that, I find solace in that. I find peace in that. I find that, you know, life is just inherent in everything that the, the, the universe is just a big womb and it's just giving creation a chance to experience life. And here we are many universes, in my opinion, experiencing, and at the same time, solar systems, like it's, it's all sort of meshed together and we have control over what we want to experience. And it's about taking back that control. 100%. I mean, you think about a free will, right? God created us not out of a a want, but out of a need to learn more about oneself and giving us the opportunity to choose how we would like to experience ourselves. Because as we learn and grow and expand, so does God. I always say it's like the the best multi-level marketing company ever. It's just instead of one person, then two, then two to four, four, you know, breaking out that way, it's just one and then everybody else under that one. And so as the levels work their way up of experience. It's, it's that way. And I love the fractal part. I really do. Cause it's, it's funny. We, we think we got to the smallest molecule of quantum physics and it's like, nope, there'll be smaller ones. 
There'll be new things we'll figure out down the road, just as the biggest. In fractals, what I love about fractals is that um, it's the finite that creates the infinite in, in many ways. It's what we do in these lives and continue to do that creates the infinite aspect of our soul and that we can never, um, I shared this one time, and I think it was in my, my first book, I talked about how we are the bloodline for God and God's the bloodline for us. And that because we are both in need, out of, we, we were created out of a need. We give experience to God to understand itself more, to expand and grow and evolve. And if we're not there, God is just sitting as a speck of what it was, knowing all things and all aspects. But because it created us, now all of a sudden we give it life, at this, not life, but give it a, a purpose for continually going to end times just as much as or beyond that infinite uh, for the same thing. And it's a beautiful thing because as much as we do more for us, it's more we're doing for God. And and it's just a wonderful way of, for me at least to see things in that element and to know we're infinite knows that I, I don't fear. Well, I used to have a big fear for death. I don't anymore. Um, it, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll probably still be scared at that moment. Cause I have to let go. <laughs> <laughs> that letting go process I hear is very hard. I had a somebody was talking about this one time. Uh, who was it? Uh, I don't know if it's a story or a spiritual person that was well known, but it was funny. They thought he passed. He, his, his heart rate got so low and everything. And then it came right back up and he just opens his eyes. It was a spiritual person. I just can't remember the name. And he just looks and he's like, the letting go part is just so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then he let go and he passed. Wow. Believe it or not, that that actually happened to me, where I actually was so sick that I I I let go, and uh, I was trying to let go of my body. And um, this was about a decade ago now, and this is basically what sort of really kickstarted my spiritual path was that I, my spirit said no, and uh, I, I have work to do. And so I knew at that point that this was it was time to start living who I really was. Now, honestly, this has been such an amazing conversation with you, Dr. Vic. I want to finish with a couple of questions. And I'm someone that really loves magic and mystery because in that magic and mystery, there's truths about who we really are, that, that unknown, right, is, is remembering the unknown. Through your sort of journey in the past, say, 10 years or, or so, what are some experiences or, or have you experienced anything myth, mystical, say, in your uh, I don't know, meditation practice, or what was the most significant thing that you, it would be hard to describe to somebody that had happened to you that say, this is real for me. A lot of things that I would tie into that, that would be um, mystical. Life's mystical to me anyhow, but like meditations, when I like I'm saying like supernatural connections like that. Well, something or... that, say something that the left brain can't explain. Oh, that's every day in my meditation. Almost every day. <laughs> okay, what are some of your, your well, childhood this, I'm sorry? What are some sorry to get the last thing you what said. Are, what are some of your top experiences that are just like, wow, that was incredible? Man, you know, like when I meditate, I'm not saying this happens every time in meditation. So there's times where you connect. I connect back to my soul essence of who I am. And it's just so profound and it's something that i can't explain i can't teach people this i can't tell you how to do it i i can i can i can guide you but i can't get you to that state um and i don't even know how to explain it i, I the only thing i can talk about is like i say that i always say like it's a calm bliss state that's all i know and that's the only thing but when all of a sudden i'm there um 
it's funny. Like I, when I get out of that state and I come back and I'm like trying to go back or think, I'm like, I can't even comprehend. Like, it's just so much. And, um, I would say probably, I probably have that experience almost like once uh, every other one. And I meditate every day, but there's those deep, I'm talking, we're talking about these deep ones where I'm connecting with people too. Um, And I feel like I'm in a whole different world, a different dimension. And then all of a sudden I'll come back and I'm like, and I say come back because I'm like literally just coming back going, all right, where was I? And then I'm like, wow, what the heck did I experience? And I'm like, what were they saying there? Like, where was I at? And then it's, I just, and then I'm trying, and if I try to tell somebody this, I, like I'm trying to tell you now, I'm like, I don't know how to explain. Um, I have understanding of dimensions and different elements and all that great stuff, but it's like to explain those kind of things, those aspects, it's just something that I don't, um, words cannot explain. It's like, I'll share this story, share this. I did in 2013, I did, um, I did uh, psychedelics. I did ayahuasca. Not that I was, I never done anything like anything like that before. Um, that taught me this unknown kind of thing. Cause when I did that work, all of a sudden I was like, interesting. I know this place. I've been here before, but I can't explain all the stuff that goes on. Cause it's just a world that's so different. Like language is not needed. It actually limits the experience. Um, and that's what actually taught me why we, sh- the best things in life is what we don't have to label. We don't need to explain. Uh, because when you try to explain, just like when we try to explain God or anything like that, you're actually losing the essence of it. And, uh, so yeah, I would have to say like going, doing meditations, tapping into this realm that I, again, I don't have words for what that realm is. Maybe it's my true self. Maybe it's home. Um, but it's like, you come into this level to where you're just, you can see the connectedness. Like there's just, I don't see it. I feel it. It's, it's weird. I'm a feeling type of guy. So I'll just feel this deep connection, deep groundedness. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, Okay, here we are. And then, you know, whatever my intention was, usually that'll guide me into where I'm going with that. I hope I answered that question. No, absolutely. And I'm just kind of want to get to the point that it's, there's always more out there. When I say out there, it's actually in here and in our hearts that um, when you find that place, when you experience that place, it's more about remembering. Um, and that's why like, I'm more of a feeler too. Like I, I have seen some stuff and that is growing that aspect of me. I do believe that my pineal gland was sort of blocked as a child. It is opening now. I, I can see energy and weird stuff like that. But, um, I do believe that, you know, some of us are going to see better. Some of us are going to feel more and some of us are, uh, just, they, they can hear things right. That aren't explained by the left brain. So, you know, there are, there are things waiting for people out, out there that are, are sort of starting this journey into meditation or into yoga, and it's not to be scary, right? It's, it's about remembering the unknown. You have come from the unknown. We are actually in, we're once coming into the unknown when we were born here, right? So it's just, I always like, I have this concept about we're, we're, we're dreaming the dreamer's dream, right? And people have talked about this concept before, uh, that we're actually just living a dream right now. And what, what it's going to be like is when we fall asleep is like us going back home. So it's happening every single night that we're, we're going back home. We're just waking up and not remembering it. And so that's why death to me is not scary anymore because it's simply, you're going to be waking up almost the feeling of us waking up in bed here thinking, Oh, wow, what a dream that was. And so I just want to pass that on to people that, you know, like that fear can be completely dissolved because we're, we've, we're already there and we've already experienced it. And, you know, we've, we've always existed. And so like you're, you are love and you are light. It's about remembering it. So I want to say that this has been an incredible conversation. Um, This, 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 this Dr. Vic is a, is an amazing guy. I want to recommend uh, anybody that's listening to check out his website, empoweryourreality.com. Check out his books out on Amazon. 
Uh, I'll have them listed in the podcast notes below. Dr. Vic, is there anything else that you want to say to the audience? Uh, any last words? Part, part words. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, so much we discussed. I, I will say one thing too, and I love sharing this because this helped me kind of let go a little bit more and just, you know, understand that there, you know, you're creating the likeness image of God. And when, when you set w- the vision of what you want to create, you don't have to figure everything out. The universe there is to support you and bring everything to you. And if you can really see, understand, and really grasp this, that there is no losses in life. There's no failures in life. There's nothing bad in life. There's actually life has no meaning except what we put on it. But if you can see that there's a force that's always there supporting and loving you and bringing everything to you, it's just your job to see. Because if you seek, you shall find. And so if you can go ahead and see the good in what comes to you in your way and always look at it in that perspective, it will be a game changer because then you let life guide you to where your soul wants to go. And whatever your soul wants to go that's going to be the higher vibrations that you experience in life. Joy, bliss, happiness, calmness, centeredness, all that love. All those things will come because that's what happens when we're in alignment with our soul. Thank you so much, Dr. Vic. Again, it has been an absolute pleasure. I recommend people connecting with, with Dr. Vic at, these, uh, at his website and his books. This guy is full of wisdom, and that's the key word here. Thank you, Dr. Vic. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, brother. I love the questions. I love my time here with you.